Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Thursday evening after a week off. No pop-up episode in that week off either, like I thought we would probably end up doing. But uh, after a week off, we are back with preview episodes. Uh, Florida State welcomes the Fighting Walt Bells, UMass to town this weekend um, in a game that a lot of folks have been waiting for for a long time. Um yeah. And if you haven't been waiting for it for a long time, you've probably been waiting for it since the Jacksonville State game. So anyway, a game that uh, people are excited about for different reasons. Um, Florida State, UMass, we're going to preview it here, talk a little bit about the team up to this point at the midway point of the season. But uh, Richie, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, Walt Bell and Dante Pippleton both uh, making their return to Tallahassee and I've watched a, a, a Walt Bell and Dante Pippleton run offense in, in Duke Campbell Stadium many of times, and I, I can say I, it's going to be a relaxing episode because I'm not overly worried. Yeah, no, it's definitely um, feels good to be going up against those guys as opposed to uh, having them on your staff. UMass is, is pretty terrible. We'll get into them in just a little bit, but not terrible. Did you like that transition? Guthrie's in Tallahassee. When you are up there this weekend, when you go up for uh, the game or just anytime you're in Tallahassee, don't, go ahead and hit Guthrie's. Get your box, double fries, no slaw. And visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. Tell them that double fries, no slaw sent you. Um, all right, Richie, let's jump into this game. Or no, we're, we're going to talk a couple other things. A couple more things before we get into that. Um, little recruiting news this weekend. Do you want to break the news? I mean, it hasn't it's it's been broken. You're not breaking news, but you know, update the people on uh, Florida State with some not great recruiting news this weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we touched on Aluba already, and uh, you know, it, it with almost immediately after he uh, decommitted from Florida State, the next day he committed to Georgia, which was no surprise at all. And then um, Florida State did lose a four-star defensive end, Trabion Williams. And uh, if you've been listening to this show, that may come as a surprise because we don't really dive deep into it. But if you follow, you know, the 247s of the world, you, you knew this was trending that way. He had been to Mississippi State, I believe, two games in a row, and he's going back this week for his third straight Mississippi State home game. Kids from Mississippi are really tough to hang on to. You know, people remember Car Charles Cross, who, who Willie Tiger got to commit early, a great eval, blew up to be a five-star prospect, and the season didn't go well, and he ended up at Mississippi uh, state, I think the last, you know, true elite Mississippi prospect Florida state landed was cam Akers, which was mm -hmm. a, a great job by Jimbo Fisher, uh, to pull that one off because most people, even on coming down to signing, they had questions. Uh, but yeah, Travion Arnold or is out now and excuse me, Travion Williams, not Arnold. He's out. So it, it'll be interesting. And who knows in a few weeks, we'll probably get, you know, a, a Newberg or maybe a Zach Blostein. Shout out to him for getting full-time status with 247 and do a deep dive in recruiting. But, yeah, not great news. But there's a lot of good news um, with prospects, some LSU prospects that Florida State is looking to flip now that Edo is gone. Uh, so check out, you know, whatever recruiting site you guys go to for that. And we'll make sure to get extra on in the next few weeks. So not great week, but still overall pretty good momentum for Florida State. Yeah, don't check out just any recruiting site. I mean, they don't pay us to say this, but 247 definitely is like, I mean, there's a reason we keep having those guys back on yeah, over and over sure. and over again. So um, anyway, all right, so that's our recruiting update really quickly. Richie put this in the outline, and I love this. Oh, okay, one one more piece of news before we kind of get into stuff. Jermaine Johnson, uh, midseason All-American through CBS. Um, I commented this 
when we uh, when it when it was announced the other day, I don't remember if I did it from my account or the pod account, but it did it from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, is he the best player in the ACC? Like, I know I'm a homer. I know that he's our only good player. Like, but like, he is he the best player in the ACC? Like, who who else is up there? Like, who's I, the top five? It's tough because I'm. I mean, obviously, uh, with different positions, uh, Kenny Pickett is everyone. You know, he's he's skyrocketing up the Heisman, uh, um, you know, rankings right now, so to speak. But if you're just looking at best player who's making the biggest impact on his team, there, there's probably other guys in that realm of Johnson or, or close to. But he's definitely on pace to be the ACC defensive player of the year, right? No. It's so hard to to judge defense versus offense unless it's like a a dominant guy like uh, Errol. Aaron Donald or, you know, Nadonkam Sue, who's just clearly the best player. Johnson's really, really good. But comparing him to a guy like Kenny Pickett with the season he's having, uh, it's tough to say. But defensively, I'd take Jermaine Johnson with my first pick uh, in the ACC redrafts right now. Yeah, no, he has definitely been a massive hit for Mike Norvell. And that kind of takes us into our next segment, which this is one that I love. That Ricky kind of threw TJ, you're on mute again. I think I need a new mic. This happens way too often. But uh, it takes us to our next segment. Again, Richie put this together. We don't have to do every single player, but uh, let's talk through hits and misses um, through this transfer portal portal cycle. you can list them. You can list guys off. Jermaine Johnson, massive hit. Probably one of the biggest yeah. in the entire country. Best player on Florida State's team this year. Um, and and that's not saying that Florida State is, you know, I think the roster is performing right now better than maybe we anticipated. Um, and then we got off to a rocky start, tough start. But uh, that's not even like, oh, he's just top. Well, well it, stinks, yeah. but he's that good. And, and make no mistake, he would be having a lot of meaningful snaps on the best defense in the country and the number one team in the country right now, had he stayed at Georgia, he, he made it clear he left because he wanted more snaps. He wanted more tape. He never questions his ability. He just wanted to say, let me show what I can do on a, a, if you need me for 70 snaps in a game, but he was absolutely in that rotation at Georgia last year, I think had six or seven sacks. Uh, They they would have welcomed him back gladly. Uh, But that's chief. First of all, that just shows what ridiculous talent level Georgia has and how unfair that is right now. But it also shows that it, yeah, that they shot. lost the best player in the ACC <laughs> and they're still the best team, in the, exactly. the best defense in the country. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that, that's where they're at right now. That's where we hope to get back to one day. We'll see. But but it's it's definitely no slight on anyone on Florida State's roster or the ACC. Jermaine Johnson had that potential. Now that he's had the opportunity, he's proven. Yeah, he's that good. He's pretty nasty. Um, all right, who else is in there? Uh, the, let's we can start from the bottom. Yeah, start from the bottom over here. Um, first transfer of the of the cycle have been really really early early in bowl season even which i know we weren't bowling but uh december 3rd mckenzie milton transfers to fsu would you call this a hit or a miss i i say it's a hit because you you were taking a gamble on his athletic ability while also understanding that he's probably a really good locker room guy and i think that's kind of what's worked out you know he had his chance i don't think milton's bitter that i think he kind of accepted now from this point out, this is Jordan Travis's team in the back of his mind. He's also probably thinking he's not been healthy a lot. So if Travis goes down, I think he's got the right, right mindset to stay ready. 
But I think from a mental aspect, he's probably helped Jordan Travis a lot. So he's, it's, he's not some, you know, home run higher, obviously, or home run hit out of the portal. But I think it's a, I don't know if I'd call it a hit, but it's definitely a net positive. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right on with you there. I think that uh, it's, it, it hasn't, I don't think you could call it a negative. Um, and it, it, his would really depend on what your expectations were. Yeah. Were your expectations that he was going to be 2017 McKenzie Milton? Okay, well, then it's a miss, right? Um, but if, you know, and some FSU fans, and I was probably part of it when he first committed, like kind of thought that, right? But then as you start to get more reports and spring happens and you realize that's not what the case is going to be, I would say he's been a net positive on the team. I don't know that I'd call him a miss or a hit. Like, I, I think that, but I do think he's been a net positive on the team. Like he didn't come in and just immediately be a cancer and be like, Oh, I didn't win this job. Like screw all y'all, you know, yeah. came in, made us all believe against Notre Dame at the end of that game. We'll forever love him for how fun that was at the end of that. And then that over time. Yeah. Yeah. That was a blast. Know, that was a lot of fun. And so, um, you know, I don't know that I'd call him a hit or a miss, but certainly a net positive. Yeah. Um, Andrew Parchment wide receiver, from Kansas, this one's this one's interesting. I've got the, I'll go first on this one. I've got this in wait and see mode. Um, I think he's done some things well, um, but I don't know that he's been your number one guy. I mean, he caught a nice touchdown against Notre Dame. Like you know, he's he's done some things well, but I I don't know. What do you think? But again, I'm in wait and see mode. I'm six yeah. games in. I don't know yet. So, so I'm I'm kind of with you right now. I'd say he's a miss, but. You know, there are six games left. So, so through six games, I'd say he's a miss just because you thought you were getting a true wide receiver one, you know, a veteran player who could come in and be that go-to guy on, you know, third and six or whatever it may be. And he's just not proven to be that. And there's been, you know, reports and many outlets have reported this. So this is not speculation that his practice habits aren't the best. And that's why Kansas wasn't really sad to see him go. Potentials there to still make a difference this year. But through six games, I'd say it's a miss. So I'm kind of with you, TJ. Wait and see, but I'm not feeling great about it. Yeah, I mean, he he caught um, a touchdown on his only catch in the Notre Dame game. Um, had, a, had a pretty good game against Louisville. Um, it was. That was. Five, five receptions for 86 yards and um, a touchdown. So played well there in, in that kind of comeback. And then um, they don't have him with any stats for UNC. Did now, I, I just admittedly probably should have done a little bit more research here. Well, in a true yeah. freshman, true freshman Malik Leclain has taken his starting job. So yeah, it, did did he not play against UNC? Is that I I can't recall if he did or not, but he may not have had any targets. So uh, he, he might have played just with no targets again. But yeah, we also no, only threw thirteen passes against UNC, so yeah, we, we ran back on the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably play, but didn't make a didn't make a big difference there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd say it's a slight. I see a slight miss, but again, yeah, hey, I'm he, leaning more towards miss, but I've been waiting. If, if he has 70 yards and two touchdowns and win at Clemson next week, we're singing a different He's tune. He's a hit. So, yeah. yeah. So that's why I said it's through six games. And those first four games, not to sound like a cop hour, the first three and a half games was a different team than the last two and a half games. And we'll see if that continues. But again, we'll see. <laughs> For sure. Um, all right, let's jump up a little bit. Uh, Jamie Robinson, safety from South Carolina. Uh, thoughts there? Hit, hit, man. He's he's really this secondary is not great by any means. They look a lot better than last year, and I think he's a big part of that. 
Um, you know, I, I'm not saying he's going to be all ACC or anything like that, but for this roster, what we had, what we needed, I'd say he's the hit. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think he's been really, really good. Um, Jarquez McClellan, um, cornerback, uh, from where's he at? He was at Arkansas. Arkansas yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's like, I, he's get getting a decent bit of snaps, but not really making a difference, but I don't think we brought him in as a difference maker. I think we brought him in as depth. So I think he's on track, but not necessarily a hit or miss right now. Yeah. I don't know that he's done enough to really classify as, as much one way or the other. Um, all right. We can go with another, another one here. Kier Thomas, South Carolina, uh, defensive tackle for the Knowles. Massive hit. The, yeah. the, this defensive line, it's wild when you think you lost, you know, multiple draft picks from last year's line that was not any good at all. And this defensive line has been the strength of the team through six games. And Kier Thomas is a big reason. Uh, and Jermaine Johnson. So those tra- thank God for the transfer portal when it comes up front this year on the defensive line. Yeah. Let's do one more unless you have anybody else that we can kind of get into. I mean, there are other guys too, but yeah, I think they're all kind of wait and see, but, but Dylan Gibbons. Uh, I mean, uh, on the field, I think he's been good or, you know, he's what we needed on the field. But I'll say he's a hit because of such the positive PR aspect Florida State got from him and what he did with Timothy and now big man, big heart with Josh Newberg. And from all accounts, all the players like him. He recently got engaged. All his teammates were super happy. So uh, kind of like Milton, but more so on the playing field as well. So definite net positive. He He's definitely helping out the offensive line. He may not be great. He's average at best in the ACC. But when you look at the totality of what he brought to Florida State, I'm happy. Yeah, no, and I think he's a hit on the field too. I mean, Florida State's offensive line, um, you know, we talked about this with Milton, um, but same thing here. It's it's what your expectations were. Well, he raised the floor of the offensive line from a leadership perspective. um, You know, obviously everything off the field is just tremendous and means so much more than anything on the field anyway. But on the field, hit or miss, this guy was a hit. Uh, You know, he – raises the floor. He provides leadership at a position that FSU has struggled with more than any other for the last four five, six years. Since <laughs> you know, even that 2014 year wasn't, wasn't great. Just had a lot of good athletes around it. They could kind of, um, overcome it, but, uh, yeah, no, he, he's a massive hit. And, um, so out of all of them, I mean, I think we did a pretty good job. I think if you can go 50% in the transfer portal, that's pretty yeah. good, you know, and, and we went well over that with the, with the big guys that we mentioned there. And then, yeah. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't even count like guys like Jordan Travis, who's a transfer right. as well, but not this year. Correct. Know, He's not so, this year's transfer. Um, but there are more. Yeah, yeah, well, are, what, what would our record be without any transfers? Just guys we signed. We'd be oh, I don't six, know. Right? We could fill a roster. I mean, you have to have a certain number of players to, <laughs> yeah, you have for the 50, ACC to let 50, you do this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you don't have enough, then you're not. You're not playing. So um, Jerry and Jones is a guy that transferred it. Another one, you yeah. know. Big interception last week uh, against North Carolina. Um, you know that's and been one that we have really big. Seen. Fabian love it. You know there, there's Biko Dotson. Like there's a lot of guys that you know we wouldn't have anybody on this team. Jayshon Corbin, <laughs> yeah, Devontae Love Taylor. You know, it, you know, yeah. So thank God for the portal, man. <laughs> where would we be without it? I mean, we probably wouldn't even have a roster. You know, I, don't, I don't know what to we, say. We'd be UMass, we'd be UMass. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, thank God we're not them. So, all right, that was fun. That was a good – I like that segment, that um, hit or miss of the portal. Um, so, 
This is a good one. We can skip to this. I like this. I like the way you titled this state of the state. Uh, as crazy as it sounds, is FSU the most on the most stable ground in terms of the future currently in the big three? Um, I, I want to tell you this and then I want to get your answer because you wrote that. So I'll let you answer it first. But I legitimately asked a Gator fan this week uh, because we know we're in more stable ground than Miami, right? Yeah. But yeah, the, the argument there is Dan or, or Mike, right? And and what, you know, what does the future hold? But uh, I asked a Gator fan this week if they'd rather have Mullen or Norvell. No lie. And they they absolutely told me I'd rather have Norvell. And really, they and they their reasoning for that was Mullen may be a better coach, right? Might be. He is. He is for uh, up to Mullen this point may, in their career. Yeah, maybe. But yeah. their point was going forward. Like was, maybe yeah, yeah. down the road, that. Mullen, it turns around. But we know what Mullen's ceiling is. And we know that he is an eight and four to 10 and two coach. And he's never going to be any better than that ever. And that's fine. Like going, winning three and four games a year, we'd probably take that right now. Like, if you guaranteed me eight or nine wins, I'd be like, dude, it'd be so nice to just win most Saturdays again. <laughs> like, now, now from what we've been at. But this Gator fan told me, like, but there's the chance that Nor- Norvell's not full of crap and that he is going to figure this thing out at Florida State. And so he's like, give me the chance for greatness. Like, because I know that I'm never getting greatness with Mullen. So just, just move. I'd rather just have Norvell, right? Like, if I could pick one or the other right now, just give me Norvell. Because at least at least I have a chance of him turning around. Now, who knows if he does or not, right? Like, obviously, we think he's the guy. We want him to be the guy. But, yeah, they're not so happy with the old Danny boy over there at uh, at UF. (laughs) They're they're really not. And, you know, when when I typed this out, it it was tough because I wasn't sure myself, you know, which way I thought. I think we can all agree Miami's kind of out, right? Like, that's they're they're by far the the worst shape of the big three. They have a lamed up head coach. They have the number 60 recruiting class in the country with eight commits. Most of them who are taking visits this weekend to other schools. They don't have a single commit with inside the three counties closest to Miami. That is a dumpster fire and a disaster. And it's weird because after we lost to Jacksonville state, we thought Miami's worlds ahead of us in Florida was right. I feel like we've almost passed Miami to where we're going to be disappointed if we lose to them this year, TJ. And that's, that's weird to say. Florida's still way ahead of Florida State, I think, but I think we're, we're closing that gap. It's the uncertainty with Mullen that makes this question interesting because say they, uh, and I, I don't think they will, but say they upset Georgia and finish, you know, nine and three, and then they fire Grantham and, and they somehow, you know, poach a guy like Dan Lanning, who's, you know, defensive coordinator at Georgia, but everyone's splitting credit between him and Kirby Smart. And then all of a sudden Florida, you know, gets things together. So Florida is still closer, I think, to being where the whole big three wants to be. But I do like Florida State's position right now where we are just because, you know, we know Norvell has at least another year. Recruiting momentum is going pretty well, depending on the season. We feel like the team's improving. Obviously, next week, Clemson will be a big test for the offense because Clemson's defense is still nasty. Uh, Their offense is not good at all. But it's so interesting to me because I I don't know how to say. I think Florida, if if I could pick any place to be right now, I probably would pick Florida because you're one upset in one firing of a defense coordinator and hiring of an offense coordinator. Plus you have who I think is a legit Heisman caliber quarterback on your roster and Dan Mullen refuses to play him, but we'll see if that changes with Georgia. But I do think Florida state's probably the safest bet, right? So Florida's your high risk. Florida state's kind of like a safe bet. And Miami's like that, you know, buying blockbuster stock in 2021. 
Yeah, like, no, there is no doubt that Florida is the better team right now, the team that has more talent right now, um, the team, you know, so many, so many cliches I could use. Um, but I, I, again, I think you just know what you're getting with Mullen. And I think fans are tired of the Mark uh, Rick at Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. They're tired of, I mean, Mullen won 10 games twice with max players. Now he's about to go eight and four in back-to-back years with With his, his uh, FSU soccer taking on the number seven team, number seven team in the country and just scored in the first minute. This, uh, Betta Olsen, she I think she transferred from UF, if I remember correctly. I think that's who that is. Scores in the she's had 10 goals on the year, and again, just scored the first in the first minute um against number seven UNC. Uh, number seven UNC is impressive, but again, FSU soccer is number one overall. So uh yeah. that game they on lost the road. one game in two seasons, which was on yeah. PKs. Yeah, <laughs> so uh pretty unreal. Um where were we? Soccer just took me all. Uh, all yeah, we were finishing up. Oh, basically, state of the state. Yeah. yeah, the, the state of the state. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're going to lose to Georgia next weekend, so I'm not even worried about that. Yeah. That, here's the thing: they, they, I, you know, they're better than us. They're they're more talented. Yeah. Uh, but if they play like if they're they're all, you know, you're you're putting a lot of ifs out there. But if their offense plays like it did against Kentucky, and their defense played against like it did against LSU. We play like we did against UNC. Oh, we're going to beat them. No, I'm not predicting all three of those things to happen, but two happen. It might be a close game. Yeah. You know, if one my, happens, my, it might not be a blowout. You know, so my, my biggest worry is uh, I'm I feel very very confident that Anthony Richardson will start that game, and I don't know if we have an answer for him right now at all. I, I think we got the best player in the ACC playing on the defensive yeah, line. So it's one side of the field, though. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to have him spy. Can, can a DN spy? Yeah. Right. Um. So anyway, but we will obviously talk more about that game, more about, you know, UF as days go. Um, all right. You mentioned this, Walt Bell and Dante Pimpleton. I don't know if he'll be playing video games or wearing an FSU <laughs> uniform, but they both roll into town this weekend. UMass is the 128th ranked team, according to the S&P Plus. So there are 129 teams. Who's the 129? UConn, probably, because they beat UConn. Um would, would I didn't be my guess there. this week. But, I, just, uh, I know they're bad. Yeah, about as bad as it gets. Um, UMass, absolutely terrible. Just a game that Florida State fans should look forward to because it's been a long time that we've been able to just beat somebody into the ground, and that should absolutely be what happens this week, is that Florida State should absolutely beat UMass into the ground. They're averaging 16.5 points per game. They are terrible on third down uh, at 31%. They, you know, their touchdown interception ratio is six and five. Uh, they're not scoring a lot of rushing touchdowns either, obviously, only only getting about, 50, you know, two and a half scores a game and then, you know, not even 300 yards per game. So they're not a good team. Their turnover ratio is pretty poor. Um, what are your thoughts on this UMass game as we get kind of close to this weekend? It's just what this team needs. Uh, getting ready for Clemson, and uh, you know, not not to bring up a negative here. I almost wish we had played UMass the week we played Jacksonville State, and we played Jacksonville State this week because I think you're looking at a totally different season. This UMass team is bad. You could legit not game plan for them all week, and you're going to win the game. It may not be pretty, but there's zero chance Florida State's losing this game, and. Uh, 
you know, I, I hope they're treating it like this was Clemson, you know, because that's that's what they need to do because it's a game, again, and I, I'm sure Mike Norvell knows there's no way we lose to these guys, but he probably thought that to some extent against Jacksonville State, and it hurt him. It cost him, you know, greatly. Just a bad team. They are one. They're the eighth worst team in the country in yards per game on offense, and they are the eighth worst team in rush yards allowed per an attempt, which is what Florida State wants to do. They're the only team that's in the bottom eight in both categories. It's 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 just a it is the perfect tune-up game, so to speak, that you would normally play, you know, week one or week zero. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're glad to have this game coming in. You're glad to have um, a team that you should just absolutely dominate in every stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, no real chance for a letdown like uh, Florida state had yeah. against uh, Jacksonville state. Um, everything was prime for that too Mm -hmm. you know you had the emotional week one the short week a jacksonville state team that took a lead into the half against you the year before you know like oh man i can't believe i can't believe that you know norvell let this team lose i mean they almost lost to him last year what do you mean you can't believe it you know like they should have lost last year if he doesn't switch out travis for blackman they do lose so what do you mean you can't believe it? In, you know, in they Jacksonville lost to ULM State, the year before. Yeah, this Jacksonville State team would beat UMass by you know probably 24, 28 points. Yeah, they, so they, they, would, they would handle them. Yeah. So um, you'll have UMass coming in this week. You know, breaking down a lot of what they do is is pretty tough, and that's why this will be a a little bit shorter review. There are no UMass beat writers that we no. you know could have <laughs> reached out to and and tried to find, but uh, you know, at the end of the day this is a team that Florida state needs to run it up on. The spread is 35 and a half. ESPN gives us a 97% chance to win this game. It's a game that you would hope that Jordan Travis gets out of um, in the second or third, or, you know, third or fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, I, I don't reps. know that. Yeah. I don't know that you want to bring Milton in just because of injury. I think you try and get Purdy some reps and, um, you know, but you got to take care of business to do that. You know, you'd like to do that, done that against Jacksonville state. You'd like to do that against, you know, bad teams, but this will be the only game you get a chance to do that in, you know, the rest of the way there, there won't be the chance to do that unless we're just down by a ton to somebody else, which, you know, I don't necessarily see that happening either. And so, um, man, excited to get to this weekend, excited to get to this game, excited to, you know, see this game and see kind of how Florida state responds after a bye week after an emotional win. I mean, that UNC game was the first sod game we've won in how long was last time we won a sod were we underdogs against Louisville in with Willie in 18? Oh man, that's an embarrassing sod game if yeah. it is, but possibly <laughs> yeah, this is where know, the program is right now. Yeah, maybe that was it. Um, so you know, but you had the bye week, you had a week to stop reading your own press clippings as much as a two yeah. and fourteen can. The Jacksonville State game will forever haunt us because if if we were to have won this, we'd be sitting at four and three after this win. Um, hey, I talked with Allie about this a little bit on Monday. Did you know that after this win? Mike Norvell and Dan Mullen are both going to have the same record over their last 10 games at four and six. Um, Regardless of FBS, FCS, anything? Oh, I mean, last 10 games, four and six. Oh, For both of them. Yeah. So, like, there's no no caveats. If you win Clemson and they lose to Georgia, watch out. Yeah. (laughs) And if you actually – I actually did do um, some – if you just did Power 5 games, FSU is three and five in their last eight. Um, where UF is two and six. 
Um, so UF's last. Well, that's two um, Alabamas, two LSUs. Two Alabamas, two LSUs, a Kentucky, an Oklahoma. Two Alabamas, two LSUs, a Kentucky, and Oklahoma. So that is a good lineup. Don't get me. Well, those no, those, those LSU, LSU teams, teams were not good. Were not good. Either one, neither was Kentucky. Good. Yeah, and OU, you know, bowl game, but whatever. Yeah, but you know, props to them for playing <laughs> Alabama close twice. That that's really impressive. Um, they so celebrated that. Friends, yeah, they they got the banners hanging up in their man caves. They celebrated that very well. Um. You know, mixed review from practice. You put some notes in here. Norvell says it's been up and down, hoping that we see them more prepared than they were for Jacksonville State. But like you said, I think that just kind of will impact the final score of the game, not yeah. as opposed to the actual result. Um, how do you see the game going? When do, they, when do we get to start to pull some starters? Um, uh, This team is showing sustained progress since the second half that Louisville game. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Norvell, again, uh, he was really high on the Tuesday practice. He was really disappointed on the Wednesday practice. Jimbo did that a lot at Florida State, so you never really knew. He'd be like, oh, great practice. Oh, the worst. I don't know what yesterday was, but I don't know. Like, it, it's hard to tell. I do think Mike Norvell, uh, he's been around long enough that he has enough people within the program in his ear that he's going to know the Walt Bell story, right? And sure. Dante Pimpleton, he's just a casualty of it because no one cares about Dante Pimpleton. No one even knew who he was when he was here, right? So it it, it doesn't matter. I, I do think we're going to come out, and this just might be the eternal optimist in me, optimist in me. I think we're going to come out and look like we should against a bad team. Go to half, something like, you know, 24-27-0, score on the opening drive of the second half, and then play the backups the rest of the game. Uh, you know, something we haven't seen since really – you know what, 2013, because 2014, all the games were, were tight. Uh, but yeah, I, that's what I am expecting to see. I, and uh, the biggest thing I want, just play an injury-free game. There, there's no point in anybody, even a backup, getting injured in a game like this. So, you know, that obviously there's no control. There's no preparation you can do for that outside of, you know, your normal strength and conditioning. That's what I want to see. You know, worst case, they treat it like Jacksonville State. They win 38 to 17, and we're like, okay, cool. We won by 21, but this was not a step forward. Yeah. Um, as bad as Clemson has been this year, um, and, and they've been really bad. If you look at their stats, they have not been a good team. And we will obviously spend, hopefully, this game on Saturday will be so boring that we can spend all day Sunday and all day Thursday yeah. of next week breaking down the Clemson game and previewing it, talking about our chances. Um, Clemson has been terrible uh, against Power 5 opponents. They've scored three points. Um 14 points, 27 points. That was in overtime. And then uh, 19 and 17. They beat uh, Georgia Tech by six. They beat Boston College by six. And they beat Syracuse by three. Could easily, they, they, they've won, they've won three games uh, by one score. Yeah. They could easily have three more losses. They're, they've not blown anybody out except for South Carolina State in which they did score 49 to three. So as bad as Clemson has been, when they have played just an absolutely God awful team, they have dominated and they have run it down their throat. And that's kind of what we need to do as well. Um, Clemson is not good. I, I don't know that I don't, certainly wouldn't call us at two and four. Good. No, we're playing a really bad team and, and it needs to be uh, a blowout. So um, you want to make some picks, you do some picks on this. Yeah, you want to do this game, then jump into prize picks? Um, 
Let's do – yeah, give me your prediction on what you think is happening in this game. All right. So, I, like I said, I, I'm the eternal optimist, and I, I just really do not like Walt Bell. I, I hated the way he handled the Sam Howell situation. I understand why he did it, but I still hate it as a seminal. Uh, Pimpleton, sorry, man. You're, you're just a casualty of war at this point. I, I do think Florida State's going for the jugular in this one. Listen, twice out of four games last year, UMass got shut out. One of them by TJ's alma mater, Liberty, and also by Georgia Southern. They uh, did not score a single offensive point against FAU, losing that game 24-2 to to Willie Taggart. I am going to call that Chip Baker is going to present Adam Fuller with a spiked baseball, Florida State 49, UMass goose egg. Woo, 49 to nothing. I um, I like the 49, but I, I, I don't know that we get the goose egg. I'm going to go 49-13. I, I got a couple busts in coverage. Like, I just, you know, until I see it, I, I mean, I hope you're right. But I got 49-13. So I like your offensive prediction. They get a couple of scores, maybe a touchdown, a couple of field goals, and call it a day. Um, until I see us just absolutely stop somebody every single drive, like it's tough for me to predict it. So I'm gonna say they get they get a couple drives on us, maybe even late, maybe with some scrubs in. Maybe it's like 35 to three at half or something, and then the you know, second half is just scrubs yeah. in there. In, in the the odds of a shutout, if you look at analytics like power rankings, FPI, SP plus, whatever it may be, they got to be less than five percent probably for that Florida State actually pitches the shutout, but. Again, might as well call my shot. It's UMass. Who cares? No one's going to listen to this episode two weeks from now. Uh, we got Clemson next week, so I'm ready for that. So, yeah, give me the Noles 49-13. Um, but I like your I like your prediction. I like your 49 nothing. Okay. All right. So a ton of you guys have checked this out. Um, if you haven't, I don't know what you're waiting on. Go sign up for the Prize Picks app, P-R-I-Z-E-P-I-C-K-S. Sign up for the Prize Picks app. That is daily fantasy simplified, um, and it's really one of the neatest things that we have. You can use code no slaw for a hundred percent match on your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Um, code no slaw n o s l a w. Harlan's not on here, he's at like church softball yeah. league or something, but he's making tons of money on like esports and all this other stuff. and Obviously, we're going to pay off his wedding already. Like, yeah, we're going to pick some stuff from from some some non esports stuff, but some FSU stuff, some different things kind of going on. So go check out the Prize Picks app. Basketball's going on, hockey's going on. The World Series starts next week. Obviously, sports college football is yeah. our big thing. You know, tonight is a sports equinox. There's four different pro sports on tonight. Yeah, four that major sports. Never, yeah. that, it's happened 25 times in history. So you got NHL, yeah. NBA, MLB, and NFL. All on the same night could happen again on uh, Saturday or Sunday, but does not happen often. Um, so, man, go sign up for the Prize Picks app, make some money while these sports are going on. Pick over unders on your favorite players or your least favorite players; it doesn't really matter. So, go check and out the legal, legal in all fifty states. Yeah, go get the app. It's daily fantasy, so it's not like a sports book or anything like that. You can just play anywhere, anytime. Um, all right, did you recap the picks? Did you did you total everything up? I'm gonna get around to that, TJ. One day. Okay. I just didn't know it wasn't in the. It wasn't in the. Uh... I would have had it in the show notes if we'd had that. Oh, okay. Uh, no, it's been a 
uh, long week, long story short, wife's cars in the shop. We've been carpooling all week. It's it's been a disaster, but we will get into the picks for this week again. Prize picks. Use that code, and uh, they will match you up to hundred bucks, guys. You can't beat that. Uh, this first one's really tricky, TJ. I'm gonna let you go first. Uh, oh, is Jordan, that your way of saying you don't have the totals? Yeah, it, my, I don't have the totals, and oh, okay. I have no idea about this first one either. Uh, Jordan Travis two pass touchdowns. Oof! I got over. Give me over on this. Yeah, I don't know how many times we're going to try and throw the ball this year going forward. So I think he's got to try and get him into a rhythm this game. Give me a, yeah. oh, you know what? I like a push here, but you can't. If you're taking exactly. a push, you might yeah. as well take the over. Oh, man, I, I I'm going to take the under. Um, I, I just think Mike Dorvell is going to say, "Listen, Jordan Travis, you're going to throw the ball maybe eight nine times today." He's just going to establish the rush. UMass rush defense is so bad, giving him at five point eight yards of carry. Um, I think Norvell is going to just try and feast on that. Uh, next one at 207.5 yard, 207.5 pass yards for Jordan Travis. This might be a little contradictory, but I will take the over. I think he's going to hit a big player too, but you know, just banking on, you know, an 80 yard reception and then a couple other, you know, chunk plays that just don't find the end zone. I do think if we're inside the red zone, Norvell's just going to run it. I don't think he's going to try and get cute and throw it. Uh, so I'll take the over on 207.5 pass yards. See, I kind of like the under on that. I know we're backwards on this, but I kind of <laughs> right? like the under that on this. No sense. We've had some really, really short passing touchdowns because they'll be like third and goal from the eight where you just know we're not going to run it. And so like, yeah, that's kind of where I think that some of our, now, obviously if you're counting on, you know, a 60 yard pass that gets tackled to the five and I'm counting on a 60 yard run that gets tackled <laughs> to the five. So like, it's just all luck anyway, though. He'll probably yeah. have, it's UMass. What are we doing? Here, good news right? is we're picking four different things between these two. So one of us is going to be right on one of them, you know, or on both of them at least, at least. So yeah. I guess we both can't go over. Um, yeah, but give me the under here. I like the over on the next one though. I'll go ahead and say it before you even do it that way. All right. So, so I'll give you the over on Jay Sean Corbin, 92 and a half rushing yards. Um, this is this is the hardest one for me because I don't think he's going to play much in the second half. But if he busts one sixty-yard run, uh, he's going over, right? Um, I'm just going to keep the trend alive and take the under. <laughs> and uh, under you. So, so when we do catch up on these, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Ontario Wilson, forty-six point five receiving yards. Um, I'll, I'll take the under. Yeah, what's tough is if he sets up any of those plays like they had last week. Yeah. You know. To him, string in the middle. I, I wouldn't think we run that twice. I think we'd maybe save that for something like Clemson. But yeah, I'll, I'll take under here. All right, and then the uh, the TJ special, um, Jameis Winston, Monday Night Football against Seattle in the uh, in the Caesars Pizza Dome, whatever they're calling that thing nowadays. Two hundred fifteen point five pass yards. It's your boy, man. I'll let you go first. So. Man, when start the year, he had three straight games under 200 passing yards. He was just incredibly efficient, and they weren't throwing the ball down the field. Yeah. Um, Your mic just went out, TJ. Dude, that's so annoying. I'm so sick of that thing happening. But – um. <laughs> He had 279 against Washington. Seattle's not good. I mean, their defense is not good. Um, Wilson being out, that you know, and the Saints do have a good defense. Um, yeah, I like him to go over here. I mean, I think they're going to throw the ball more. 
not because they have to, but just because I think they'll set up the run and they like to take deep shots with him. And, you know, he's, he's had a good, he's had a really good year so far. And so I think they'll continue that. Do you have any idea when he's getting his top two receivers back? That's what's kind of crazy is he's put together a pretty impressive year. Um, yeah. You know, 60% completion, 12 touchdowns, three interceptions. I know that I am the homer that makes excuses for every one of the interceptions, but <laughs> the first interception was the last play of a half, just like throw it up and, yeah. or no, it, like with uh, less than a minute to go and a half on a third and 15. Yeah. And um, it was intercepted at like the 10 and resulted in no points the other way. Well, one of his um, touchdowns was a Hail Mary that's never gets converted in the NFL. So but those two kind of cancel each other out. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with that, you know, and then the other one, um, the one that he just threw against Washington this week, his offensive lineman like stepped on him while yeah. he was making Damn the throw. Break, broke his ankle. <laughs> yeah. So I think he's been pretty good this year. Yeah. Like his intercept, like both of his mistakes, mistakes. I mean, you throw an interception because your offensive lineman steps backs up into you. Like, it's tough to be like, how could you do that? You know, so he's been much more careful with the ball. Obviously, his yardage is down because of that, but they have a the best running game he's ever had with the craziest weapon ever in Alvin Kamara. So, yeah, I, I'm going to say over. Seattle has a 28th ranked passing defense in the country. Uh, I think Sean Payton, Monday Night Football in the, in the dome, I think he's going to go for fireworks. So I, I'll take the over there as well. All right, I think that's it for us. So again, yeah. go download the Price Picks app, check it out, grab that, use code N O S L A W for a hundred percent match up to a hundred dollars on your deposit. Um, basketball time, just about. You want to tease the basketball days. a little bit? Yeah, it's coming soon. Yeah, 20 days. Uh, just real quick this week, the top 25 preseason came out for both the men's and women's basketball teams. Florida State comes in at number 20, and uh, the women's team with Coach Sue Simrao returning after Brooke Wyckoff did a phenomenal job in the interim at 16th. Uh, and the men picked second to finish in the ACC behind Duke. And stay tuned. We may have a little something for you all the next week. I know we, I, we, we missed a pop-up show last week. Uh, but we, we might make up for it with a, uh, you know, a TLC double C heavy, uh, talk this week, potentially. Um, okay, cool. So the other thing we'll go around the horn real quick. We'll recap all this on Sunday. I'm trying to think of what day stuff's happening. Obviously Florida state plays UMass on Saturday at noon. Uh, soccer is playing right now, or if you're listening to this on Friday morning, they are playing. They played last night at 8 p.m. When we signed off, they had a one nothing lead against number seven UNC. They then play Duke on Sunday, so go right down the road from um, Chapel Hill to Durham to play Duke on Sunday, October 24th at 2 p.m. Uh, volleyball plays a couple this weekend. They uh, go up against Virginia Tech. Um, on that game is on Friday and then they go up against Wake Forest on Sunday. Men's tennis is participating in the ITA regional Southeast or in regional championships um, in Gainesville. Men's swimming and diving is going up against Georgia tech and um, shout out to Petra of FSU women's tennis um, was a finalist in the Southeastern Regional Championships last week, and she'll advance nice. to the next round there. Um, so shout out to her and uh, and the FSU women's so uh, so tennis team as well. 
Uh, so you have any shout programs. out? It's a lot. It's a lot to go through. <laughs> Everything's kind of in full swing right now. Right. Um, you have any shout outs or anything before we get out of here? Yeah, real quick. Uh, very special day for my family. I, you know, I put it out there earlier today. Uh, you know, be my dad's 79th birthday today. And, uh, you know, we're beyond the morning stage. We just remember the good things nowadays and it makes it even more special. It's my sister and my brother-in-law Joe's third wedding anniversary. They chose to get married on my dad's birthday, knowing the, the stress, potential stress of the emotions of, of doing that on his birthday. Um, but it was phenomenal. So I was, it got able to catch up with my mom and my sister today. Uh, got to remember my dad. So again, a great day. And just excited to, to get to this weekend. Uh, hopefully a short day of work tomorrow and into uh, Florida State UMass. Heck yeah, man. Well, shout out to your family. Shout out to Pops and um, your sis. Glad you guys are able to uh, have a good day um, in spite of how tough a day it could have been. Um, I don't know that I have any shout outs. Shout out to my wife and kids just for letting me do this <laughs> too many nights a week. So shout out to them. Exactly. Um, all right, man. We will see you guys on Sunday recapping, hopefully, Florida State's third win in a row, their fourth week in a row without a loss, and then take you right into that Clemson week next week. Thank you for hanging out. If you can subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, like us on Facebook, interact with us on social media, Twitter, um, Instagram, all of those places, we would certainly appreciate it. For all the guys behind the scenes, Harlan Harris, Brian, Ed, um, Tyler and Vic, our interns, Brian, I'm sorry, Mike and Dustin, and then myself, TJ Pinger, and Richie Barnes. We appreciate you guys for su your support. We will see you on Sunday. Until then, go Knowles.